when you've got the chance to stop and laugh at something silly, like, like absolutely embrace that. Mm-hmm. When you've got the chance to connect with someone on a, on a sincere level, one of the beautiful things that happened from illness was that one day my mum said to me, like, for five years I've not really been able to call you because the first thing that happens when you answer the phone is you're like, hey, how are you going, what's up, I'm busy. So we suddenly started doing things together and developing this beautiful genuine relationship and friendship. Hello listeners and welcome along to the Mind to Lead podcast, the podcast where leaders are made. Whether you're a CEO, manager, teacher or parent, I believe everybody can be a leader. My mission is to help my listeners understand the skills, traits and mindset of what it takes to become an exceptional leader. I'm your host, Georgie Hubbard business owner, career, and mindset coach. So if you're ready to discover the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. So welcome to episode number six of the Mind to Lead podcast. I am super excited as today I am with Damien Zamet. Damien, amazing to have you here today. Amazing to be here, my (laughs) pleasure and privilege. So let's kick off. Uh, If you could give the listeners a little bit of an introduction into who you are and what has brought you to this point right now in your life. Sure. I'm one of those people that loves hanging out at airports. (laughs) I'm fascinated by human beings. I look at a person immediately, I want to know their story. I want to connect with them on a a real level. So, you know, that that concept of sitting around and looking at people and wondering, like, where are they going in their lives? Where have they been? Um, I guess when you do a lot of travel, you're just trying to find ways to gamify your life, make it a bit Mm -hmm. more fun. So I've just been fascinated by humans my whole life, pretty much. And so it's led me to lots of training, lots of mentoring, lots of... Um, well now you know working in change management and it just continues and I, I think what's so fascinating about it is every single year as we get a bit older you realize you know less about yourself and the world and the other people in it than you did the year before and it should be the other way around yeah amazing so that's really interesting so hanging out in airports obviously you've I guess you've done quite a bit of travel then in, in your life um why, why the fascination where do you think that comes from I think when you start to dig deep, like if you can get to a networking event and and I love to ask people a question like, you know, tell me what's your gift to the world or what makes your heart sing or, you know, what do you do when you're not at work? Like how do you to get to what's really happening? You you realise that that, that people have so much going on in their lives outside of their job and when you're at you're out somewhere and it's like oh so tell me what do you do and it's like I'm a HR specialist I'm like no no but what do you do like who are you to your family and to your friends and and it's that connection I think that's where life starts that's where life really starts and so as you get older for me personally it's it's become more important to you get a few moments we're all so busy to be able to connect at a a real level and and suddenly you're having real conversations that um, become life-changing it changes the way you you actually live your life and and it changes the experience for people around you mm. I, I completely agree and that's that's actually one of the the many reasons why I started the podcast because I agree I think we're having a lot of superficial conversations and it's all about taking people that we might know a little bit on online offline and really getting to know them on that deeper level so you you asked you when you sort of go to these networking events what's the sort of typical response that you get so say you say you know who are you what, what, what would you get as an answer to that, as an example? 
uh, I'm the person that creates the fun table at weddings. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm that person. <laughs> um, I'm the person at school that people would come and lean on when they needed to to get a bit of advice. Like, yeah. um, of course, it depends how late in the night, what type mm, of function it is, yeah. how much alcohol is involved. Yeah. But often I find people want to open up and they want to have fun yeah. conversations. Like, how many times can you say an event, mm. I'll do this and do your 10-second mm. pitch? Like, I want to I want to look someone in the eye and, and communicate to them that this moment in my life is the only moment that matters and this conversation is all that matters to me right now. And as soon as someone feels that, it just seems to shift the dynamic. And yeah. so when you get a room full of people doing that, be it in a training session, be it in a program, it just it, it shifts everything. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. So in terms of then where you are in your life right now, so let, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned change management. So um, that ties in really nicely with that whole human interest in human beings. Have, have you always been a change manager or what, what are you sort of doing right now in, in your life and sure. in your business? So I, I decided at the end of last year, having spent two years having to completely learn how to rebuild a human, that I decided I'd by default become a bit of a human engineer. And that came about through, you know, illness which we might get into later or we may not, but, you know, sitting in with lots of experts and, and doctors and psychologists and and them trying to talk about concepts of be it, you know, cognitive behavioural therapies and saying, we well, don't really need that because you understand this. And so I'm going to see all these experts and finding out, okay, I'm paying 500 bucks an hour to then tell this professional little bits about you know, burnout and various things that they don't actually understand. So I'm like, okay, well, how does this all piece together to be something of value to the to the broader broader community? So at this point in my life, looking at, you know, how does the corporate world value from that? Um, you know, we, we've my experience in, um, you know, in building startups and building businesses, there's a real bravado attached to, you know, if I tell you that I work 18 hours a day, then, you know, you want to trump me with 19 hours a day and you go to, okay. you know, we're visiting different startup communities around the world and incubators and, you know, you've got things like startup weekends and build a business in one weekend. Next, mm -hmm. it's going to be startup day, launch a business <laughs> in one hour. Yeah. You know, we're going faster and faster and faster. And somehow it became this unwritten law that, you don't ever mention the words, you know, I'm tired. Yeah. You you don't you don't actually be honest with the people around you, be it a, a partner, be it a, a business partner in a relationship. And so, you know, that's what I want to focus on right now. I feel like that's, um, you know, my experience has become a gift to the world and that's what I want to start to open up those channels and, and have some real conversations mm -hmm. around that. Okay, wow. So let's let's go into that a bit more because I think that you you just touched upon something that I'm extremely passionate as well I think there's a lot of people who give busy a badge of honor and you know they they don't want to admit that they're tired or they're struggling or you know perhaps they just don't want to get out of bed one day you know I think that it's it's very go 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 it's very hustle 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 it's sleep when you're dead and all these terms are just thrown around I think they're doing more damage than they are good so you mentioned there to rebuild a human was was that yourself that you had to rebuild yeah, look, I'd had years in that treadmill and mm. I think the danger is that there's a really beautiful piece of adrenaline that's attached to when things are slightly <laughs> chaotic, just a little bit of oh, yeah. just on the edge mm -hmm. of that comfort zone. You know, that's mm. a, it's a great space to be. And when you're looking in front and you're thinking to yourself, I've got no idea how I'm going to get through this. This is insane. I've bitten off more than I can chew. Like there's, there's something quite fun about that because we have such a short 
time, you know, to, to live and exist in this in this reality. But what happened was I just got caught up in that treadmill of, um, you know, you're told, like, you, you read Elon Musk and you've got to out-hustle, you've got to, you know, he's sleeping next to his desk if it's on. If the job's on, I'll sleep for an hour. Um, so you're constantly trying to out-hustle and, and out-manoeuvre and, and just had a, a succession of um, health issues where essentially I just ended up um, um, in a... In a in a hospital overseas, we're on a on a trade mission. There were six companies overseas mm. um, looking at exporting, and woke up and knew something was really wrong, really wrong. And I remember texting my uh, my business partner and and saying, "I'm I think I'm going to die alone in a hotel room." Well, and um, can you preserve my my badge of honor? You know, tell people that there was a big party here or something. I just didn't. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was it was influenza, and you you jump online and you see these people dying, um, you know, in Asia at the time. Um, so yeah, it became a, a kind of a self-imposed you know break of um, you know, nearly two years. Wow. Okay. So on on the journey up until that point, then where you you obviously just what, what actually happened? So you you woke up and you just fell like off, or what? What was sort of going yeah, on? It was in that it moment? was a third or fourth time, and I had a couple of friend's flag that I was falling behind and you know yourself you start to get um, the first signs of course you get frustrated with the people around you which is just mirroring how you're feeling you're you're falling further behind and then your your level of in my case you know the level of self-loathing starts to increase because the people that are closest to you the ones that you love and respect the most and you know you're letting those people down Mm -hmm. so you get more frustrated and you can you know you 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 emulate that it's it's that energy that's that's coming out of you it's actually what's happening inside you but I'd had a few instances of um, you know being in hospital with things like viral meningitis and 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 having a room full of doctors staring at me and you and you look in their eyes and you can see fear and you're like that's not that's not a good sign and so it happened a few times and eventually sort of push came to shove where you know people close to me said look you, you need to take a break but in my head I was like we just had this this trade mission going there was another trip coming um, a couple of months after I'm like okay I just need to get through these two trips and yeah. then I'll take a break yeah I'll just get through this I've just got to just push yeah. for three more months and it'll be okay yeah and then it wasn't and it wasn't yeah Yeah. so thank you so much for sharing that and I think that's just such a powerful story that you know perhaps somebody might be listening to to this now and going oh I'm going through that right now I'm getting snappy and frustrated with people around me or you know actually I'm not feeling energetic and I'm tired all the time like what what like now where you are now looking back at that that Damien there what would what do you wish that you had said to yourself in that moment or tried to sort of intervene so you didn't get to that stage where you were completely burnt out? What I would like to have been aware of mm-hmm. is to the depth and the extremities of what can happen to your body. So right. from a from a kid that grew up always playing sport, um, a couple of years before I got sick, I was hiking Kokoda, wow. you know, just always really active, very, very active. So you think, okay, I've done this, I've, I've run businesses, I've done the 20-hour days, you know, I can do this, I just have to push a bit further. To a couple of months later, being incapable of getting up and going to the kitchen, it got to the point where I had live-in carers, like full-time live-in carers, because I could not actually get up. Wow. So if someone had made me understand that that was a real danger, a real possibility... And it was only highlighted through what was happening to me um, mentally. You know, I would be coming back from trips and then, you know, the guys would say, how did the meeting with Georgie go? And I'm like, who's Georgie? 
you just wow. did the podcast mm-hmm. last week. You flew out mm-hmm. there for it. I'm looking at my calendar then, looking mm-hmm. back to go, okay, what meetings did I have last week or sitting in meetings, you know, doing notes in the phone so that I could record people's names immediately and not forget them a few minutes after the meeting. So that's what happened first before the before the physical side. But I suppose the, the, the message and the what I'm wanting to understand now is that the, the dangers are so much greater than you can possibly realise because... You only see people when they're up and about. You don't see them when they're laid out and, and cannot move. You know, I, I had days of, of having people Skype in for rehab where I, I literally was struggling to get my head off a pillow. You know, yeah. someone bringing a glass of water. You're like, this is this is bigger than you can than you can imagine. And I think um, in many ways it, it's become a gift because you know often we're running uh, from fear. We're running a fear of what happens if this if this doesn't come off. You know, I've got to make this work. So when you wake up one day and realise every single thing that you thought was important, your identity is often attached to your business, you know, your job and those companions, when all of that gets stripped back, completely stripped back, then you've got to look at yourself and go, well, who am I aside from this? And most of us will never have that conversation in our lives. When you're forced to, it actually becomes becomes yeah. a gift. Yeah. What an incredible way to to look at that and what an amazing story. Um, So, yeah, again, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So let's talk about how you then started to rebuild yourself. So you obviously, you you were completely burnt out to the point you couldn't even get out of bed. Um, So where do you start? (laughs) You know, you like what, what, what did you do? Yeah, great question. It's funny because I... I um, attacks maybe the wrong word, but it was my approach. I, I attacked my recovery the same way that I attack everything. Attack, wow. Yeah, so, not, not, the, not so the best I'm, word. I'm, no, no, yeah. but you know, you're sitting there, I remember sitting with a psychologist and I'm like, okay, like what's my homework? Like tell me what I need to do by next week. Mm-hmm. Like I want 10 things to, to follow up on. And, and she's looking at me and she's like, your homework is to go for a walk for 50 metres and just admire a tree and look at the ocean. I'm like, okay, but then, like, what do I need to report back? Like, what's happening there? And she's like, look at you. Like, you're still frantic in your recovery. And so every time I was meeting with a doctor, I'm like, I want to be the best person, the best patient you've ever had. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to yeah. recover yes. quicker than anybody else. Wow. And it's that same it's that same mindset. So, mm. you know, I went through this, this process of uh, year over year of, of literally documenting every single hour of my life. You know, how many steps have I done this day? What was I doing then? How was I feeling cognitively? How was I feeling physically? And I've got all these Excel spreadsheets. I'm like, right, I'm just going to, I'm going to bust this. I'm going to, you know, statistically, I think about 60% of people with, you know, chronic fatigue who don't recover. I'm like, okay, so it just means I'm part of the 40 that does. I wonder what's the fastest ever recovery. Like, get me that data. So I'm, you know, ringing people to try and get hold of that. And what I realized was it was the moment that I actually stopped doing that. The moment I woke up one day and and I'm looking at my Fitbit, I'm like, I feel like I'm constantly racing this thing. Like if I haven't done enough steps, I feel guilty. If I've done too many, I feel guilty. Um, if I haven't read enough, if there's, there's always something that's still empty. And so it was just, I don't know how it occurred, but one day I just woke up and went, wow, like the trust between my mind and my body has been broken. And that's what I came to realise that, that, that the central elements of illness is that when your, your mind wants to keep on going and keep on going and going and going. You're like, okay, I know that you're hurting right now, but we just need this this next month, this next three months, is your body just checks out and goes, no, no, you've, you've let me down. And so the day that I realised, okay, I've still got to start to rebuild the trust. And it was funny, it happened with three or four different people that I sat there and I opened up my laptop for the first time 
and my whole body just broke out like in rash and started oh sweating, gosh. like just looking at a laptop. Yeah. And I'm like, check this out. This is a great party trick. And you know, have someone come around and go, look at this. And they're like, that's insane. I've never seen that. I'm like, I oh, know. And then I shut the laptop and it just would stop wow. you know, in a mineral suit. I'm like, so I just have to learn to rebuild that trust. Yeah. So now, like moving forward, you know, I'm sitting there on, and every morning waking up and going, like, what does my body need most right now? You know, what is it that's going to nurture my mind and nurture my body? And, you know, as a consequence, ended up over the course of six or 12 months, you know, losing about nine kilos, getting, you know, emotionally, um, psychologically healthier and happier than I'd ever been just through actually stepping away from technology and stepping away from KPIs for a while and actually getting in touch with your intuition. So I guess the, the two big takeaways that's really important is, you know, if you're feeling that way now, like, you don't see what happens behind closed doors. But, you know, what I can say with absolute certainty is that the dangers are far bigger than anyone's talking about. No one, I haven't seen anyone on stage say I was functioning like this and then a week later I was that and it took this long to recover. It, it's, 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 it is massive. But the other challenge right now in the, for me personally, the market space is like there was no one to show me the way forward. You know, if I'm sitting with a psychologist, I'm like, okay, that's great. You've done three years of psychology, but I want to know what it's like when you're hustling to get a business scaling globally and you've got this and this and this happening. Like, I want you to communicate to me on that level. How do you start to get back? How many meetups are you doing? What's on your LinkedIn profile? Like, I want to know these things. They're like, I'm a doctor, mate. I mm. can't answer those questions. I'm like, well, that's what I'm yeah. looking for. And that's yeah. sort of where I'm coming at it yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and again, like just those, a couple of like solutions there, just like listening to your body. I think that that is, that's huge because we don't, you know, we just, we go and we go and we go and we go and we just keep going and we keep ignoring the signs. And then we wake up one day and it, it, it's too late. And, and, and like you just said, then it's like, what hap- What what do people do at that point? So, you you um you've created a a business called Rebuilding Burnout. So, can you perhaps take us on a little bit of a journey or an insight into what what would you do? So, say say I was I came to you and I said, Damien, I completely you know I've got all these symptoms. I'm not feeling good. Where would you start with with that with me as as as, as yeah, a person? Great question. So the first awareness is that most of the things happening in our lives are just noise. Like most of what's happening to us every day, it's just nonsense. It's not, it's not real and it's not important. You know, we, we build ourselves up. We build a life around things that, that aren't real, about getting ready for a meeting or hitting a project. You know, I remember working years ago um, in, in the corporate world and... And, and coming out of a, a meeting and closing a sale. And it's like, okay, great, so there's a half million dollar sale. And within 10 seconds, you're like, okay, what's next month's KPI? Like, it's literally within 10 seconds. And none of that's real. It's just not. What's real is what is your capacity to live and be and contribute to the people that, that are close to you? So my, my first piece of, I suppose, advice is just stop for a second, actually stop. Like I was in a situation where I, I couldn't even stop for a day. But actually stop, take some time out, turn your phone off for starters, take a one day or half day digital detox and, and, and whether you mind map it or go like, what is real? You know, for me, the question I'm asking at the moment is, what is my legacy? If it's not a job, if it's not 
you know, lots of people that want to have wins and successes through their kids. Like, what's my actual legacy? What is what is real? And what am I doing each day to live that? So if you take a CEO, for example, and you come into a company, you've chosen, you've been chosen to come into this company because you've got unique skills and insights and visions that other people don't have. And then as soon as your agenda is being overtaken by other people, the, the gift that you were chosen for, it goes out the window as well. So if you've started your own business because, again, you have unique insights into HR and consulting and, and, the, and, the, and the things that you bring to the world, as soon as your agenda is being overtaken, then suddenly, you know, you start to work back a few days, the days turn into weeks, turn into months, and then you see now that like, people are going on leave and it's crazy. Like most people that I'll talk to that are going on leave, what, how was the week before? Oh, worked back, went to work early, stayed back late. Went on leave, checked my emails, was texting people and then got back from leave and then worked their butts off to make up. So we actually don't take a holiday. What we do is we just <laughs> we just reallocate, we redistribute yeah. our time so that over those, say, if we had a week in the lead up, a week's holidays and a week back, we've just redistributed that 30 or 40 hours or 50 across that time. Mm. Why do we do that? Because, I mean, I'm sitting here and going, oh, goodness, yeah, I've done that. I mean, I, I'm getting better. Yeah. Um, I, I've definitely got a lot better. I went through terrible anxiety in my 20s. Yeah. Um, and and we've, we've talked about that before. Um, and I've put into practice now a few things I do daily, which I want to talk to you about um, as well. But w- why do we do that? Like, why do people push themselves, you know, and almost feel guilty about taking the holiday? Yeah. Where do you think that comes For from? For me, it's pretty simple. You know, mm. I grew up in a family of business owners. Uh, most of my siblings all run their own businesses. My parents ran businesses. I was in the bassinet under the counter, you know, within a couple of weeks of being born. <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> it's funny. My mum told me a couple of years ago that they got dragged, my parents got dragged into the school to meet the principal a few days after I started school at age five because I was asking other kids, like, what did you do for a job before you started school? <laughs> so I thought there was some level of like, you know, but no. Um, anyway, issues there. So that's all you know when you're growing up. And as you get older and you start to look at, you know, elements of neuroscience and you go, okay, so then my story was created between the ages of, say, three and five and that's who I am. And then so when you learn that your self-worth is what you do and how much you do it, that becomes your value proposition. And and if you're surrounded by people that are all doing the same thing, so in my case it was, you know, family and, and a lot of them still are. Most of them are all still working too hard. But then you've if you fall into something like a, a corporate world where everyone's trying to out-hustle each other to get to the top, we can't take time off because someone's going to take our job. Or you're in the startup committee where it's hustle, hustle, hustle. Or you're, you're reading Elon Musk saying, he'll say, you know, in my three months I can do three times as much work. I'll do nine months' work in three months. And so these are the messages that keep going around. The message not going out is, what if it all gets taken away tomorrow because you break? What if you can feel it coming what would you do then? It's like the, the adage of, you know, if you found out that you had a week to leave, like, oh, can I have one more week? And it's like, well, you've had all these years. What have you done with them? Yeah. What's one extra week going to make? It's, yeah. it's, it's a, for me, it's a fairy people standing up saying, this is how serious and bad it actually gets. Mm-hmm. And this is what it looks like when everything gets taken away. So stop now. If you're not there yet, all these things that you think are important, they're going to get taken away anyhow. And they're going to get taken away in a minute. Like there's no slow transition here it's one day you wake up and you're literally incapacitated and if you're not there yet you can feel it coming you need to stop right now yeah okay so 
let's now be more proactive sure. rather than reactive, right? So yeah. I think that what what do you now do every day to make sure that you are never going to go back to that again? Yeah. One of the really critical elements for me, I think, is is the people that have known me for, well, pretty much everyone that knows me would say that I've always taken myself too seriously. And so just learning to laugh at really simple things. And now I look at how can I gamify my day when I wake up in the morning? So this morning I was, I was gamifying the concept of, well, what's my legacy? You know, not in a way that's going to be in some sort of morning, but what do I want to be remembered for? Who am I and how am I going to live that today? And how do I gamify that? And so that's, a, I think, a really important element is to, when you've got the chance to stop and laugh at something silly, like, like absolutely embrace that. Mm-hmm. When you've got the chance to connect with someone on a, on a sincere level, I remembered one of the beautiful things that happened from illness was that one day my mum said to me, like, for five years I've not really been able to call you because the first thing that happens when you answer the phone is you're like, hey, how are you going? What's up? I'm busy. So... So we suddenly started doing things together and developing this beautiful, genuine relationship and friendship. So now for me, it's, you know, when I get up in the morning and I'll, you know, head down the beach and sit, meditate, have a swim, whatever I'm doing, whatever my body feels like that more, if it feels like walking, if it feels like yoga, if it feels like sitting, if it feels like sometimes laying on the sand, sleeping, it's like, what am I feel like I want to do right now? But it's something simple like, watching someone coming towards you who's pushing a pram right and for a moment just nodding and exchanging a smile like actually recognizing that person or stepping out of someone's way as they come past it's it's being 100 percent present in that moment to go look whatever's going to happen in my day the most important thing i can do now is be present for this moment when i wake up to you know have a huge drink of water and go wow like what can I do with this day like what's the best possible way I can spend it for myself and the people around me and just Mm -hmm. sit in that in that mindset Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that so it's it's basically just just living in the moment being present not being worried about the next task at hand it's just living sort of moment to moment and being really in it yes and but not getting that mixed up with leaving your goals behind. Yeah. So you go, okay, so I, I remember years ago listening to Jerry Harvey in an interview and he's like, so I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I go to track work and then after that I go and play tennis and then I've got an 8am board meeting and I thought, wow, like something's happened the night before where one of the companies has gone into you know, liquidation or something massive has happened but he's still up to go and do track work, to go and play that game of tennis. And then when the board meeting comes, it's like, right, what are we dealing with now? You know, so it's, you know, for me, it's about finding that, we've all talked about it, but so many people don't understand, like, where's the hour of power? Like, where's the one hour in the day Mm -hmm. where you feel, you know, physically and emotionally free and happy and intuitive? Spend that hour doing a bit of planning or allocate, you know, one day a month. Say these are the these are the big picture, the big sky projects. Like let's just do that for that one day. Let's 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 earmark it and let's set our goals there. But outside of that, like let's be present for yeah. what the task I'm doing now, which mm-hmm. is something simple as, you know, snoozing your computer if you're on a Word document. Like so many things where you can just stop and be present so that we're not continuously throwing 
additional information at our, at our brains. Simple things like knowing what you're going to have for dinner each night so you're not standing in a supermarket going, what do I feel like right now? Because if I'm standing anywhere thinking, I want to be thinking about what's possible. Like what is it that can I achieve that other people haven't been able to, to obtain? What can I contribute in a, in a meaningful way? Not which vegetables do I feel like tonight? Yeah. Like it's, it's highest level, best purpose thinking. And, and so, you know, I've just had to spend two years putting that all together in, in a number of elements of mind and body to, to come up with a, with a blueprint now. And um, for me, it's been magical. It's been a gift. Yeah, amazing. And again, thank you for sort of sharing those sort of tips and things with people. I think, I, I guess it's eliminating as many decisions. I think there's so many decisions that we make before we even open our eyes. Like, what am I wearing today? Um, you know, what, what would I fancy for, for breakfast this morning? What, what am I, what do I need to do here? I've got to drop my, my kids off there. I've got to be there and there. It's like our minds just automatically from the moment we open our eyes, just go, you know, there's a million and one things to get done in the day. And I think for, I guess, I guess for me, and and, and I don't know how, how you plan your day, but actually planning my day the night before. So I wake up and I just know exactly what's happening that day. I've got everything written down, but I actually schedule in now the first hour to two hours is completely for me. And I wake up and I go to the beach, I'll go for my walk and I'll just, sometimes I'll just sit with a coffee and I'll just look at the waves and it's just incredible, you know, or when I was in Melbourne, I used to, um, when I was commute, just listening to a really good podcast mm. on the way in and just, just get, just mind feed, just get those, that goodness into me. And it just set me up for the, for the rest of the day. But I think, I was in Melbourne recently and, and I just sort of looked around and I just saw so many people on their phones and their, and just technology and texting. I just think we're just constantly around so many different distractions and things happening. So, I mean, a little bit different up on the coast, which is beautiful. And, and part of the reason why I wanted to move up here was just to kind of take a bit of a breath and slow down a little bit. So, you know, for those busy people who perhaps, you know, don't have, don't feel like they don't have the time to allocate time for themselves yep. what would you say to them so there's there's a couple i just want to backtrack a second because you mentioned something that's very important which again is something not that's not discussed very often is just like we're in this fourth industrial revolution where we've got more information than we've ever had at our fingertips you know correct ideally we should know better mm. we have all of these technologies and apps and different platforms in the workplace better crms better all these things and you go, but then how did people do business 20, 30 years ago that didn't have a computer in their office? How did companies ever function? How did anything ever work? Okay. So what's fascinating to me now is looking at, and, and I've spent years looking at statistics around the world for levels of you know, depression, anxiety, suicide, um, medications that, that continue to rise. But if our technology is improving, all of those things should be in rapid decline. And they're not. So... That being recognised and said, like clearly something's wrong. Like if those things are on the increase and our technology is still increasing, like there's a tipping point that's going to come in our society. Like maybe it's here now. I, I don't know, but it feels to me like we've reached that tipping point. Like we can't keep going mm -hmm. the same way. We just yeah. can't. So look, the technology is fantastic, and you know, for me, it's it certainly makes life easier. But it's simple things like. When I'm thinking of a project, if I hear your podcast that I can pull over and go, bam, okay, that goes on the Trello board. There's something I want to trial that experiment, you know, in the next month. 
and it sits on my board. And so then when it comes that time for that, let's say it's the Jerry Harvey 8 a.m. board meeting where I can go, okay, well, what is it that I really feel like, which experiment I'm going to work on today? So I might have a Trello board full of experiments as an example, or it might be, you know, which, which copy do I want to write today? You know, having it there, but as soon as it comes to my mind, being able to get it out of my head and, and somewhere where I know I can access it, so that that's, that's done straight away. So I think that's, that's the, the critical element, is that when you're waking up in the morning, for me, there is no feeling of, of fear or of urgency or anxiety because anything that has come to my mind, it's already been parked somewhere and, and I know that I can attend to it at, at the right time. So um, the critical element is, you know, I don't want to wake up uh, looking at news feeds, looking at bad news stories, that first... For me, it's it's over ninety minutes of the day, but you know the day will start at four thirty or five, and and to really honestly wake up each day and say, you know, how can I live this day to to my to my best ability to serve not just myself but the people around me, and and what does that feel like again? If it's physical movement, if it's whatever it might be, um, but being so so present for that that first sixty minutes and being conscious of as opposed to you know, we've talked about this of, of hitting a snooze button, of sleeping in, of like how can you possibly get up at the last minute and run around the house, make breakfast, go to work in traffic, get into the office five minutes before you start and you've been bombarded with all of the problems that have happened. Like you can't possibly get your brainwaves into that, you know, that alpha state of of being able to think, you know, the big picture thinker. And, and if you're the manager or the CEO of that person that's been brought into that organisation because you've got that vision, well, you're just not going to be able to do that. But, you know, it just fascinates me that we've got this spike of, you know, things like reality TV and all of these things that happen in our lives. I'm like, how many people are actually sitting back to, to take some form of control over their lives, to make a conscious decision of how they want their lives, their day to be? And, and so what, you know, for me was really powerful when I talked about, you know, look, lining up the Excel spreadsheets and having all of these, all this data that became overwhelming. I'm like, what, what would happen if I just actually stopped and focused on winning the day? What if I actually just created, like, this is my perfect day, right? And I've got all these bullet points that sit in my little Trello board and, and on a given day, I'll try and hit as many of those as I can. Yeah. If I line up 30, 60, 90, 120 of those days... That's where the magic's going to be instead of going, okay, so I've got to hit 100K month in sales or whatever. But what am I doing when I wake up tomorrow morning to get myself in a mindset and get my body ready to hit that 100K? You know, I just think we're approaching it back to front. And the, the minute that I just focused on winning today and then winning tomorrow and then just watching them all drawing up and go, wow, like everything yeah. feels different. Yeah. So it's like knowing where you're going. So if you're in a sales role, right, I want to hit 100K this quarter. But what does that look like? day to day like how do I break that down and and then and then more importantly how do I show up in a energetic positive amazing mindset to make sure that I do those top tasks that I know are going to have the biggest impact in my life and bring me forward to that target and and mindset's key because without that you're not going to hit it absolutely but Mm. I think Simple things like if you're a leader of an organisation, to be saying to the people around you, please give consideration to every email that you're sending. Mm. Like is that email, is it providing value for the people you're sending it to? Does everyone in that email 
need to be cc'd like is that really important is it easy to actually pick up the phone and and have a one minute phone call and start a whole email trail or include lots of people like what is the decision i can make at the start of each day or each decision i can make that will basically remove a lot of other decision making from my day you know like let's just come back to i think about greg McKeown and essentialism like what a, what an amazing book and concept and, and and like what are the what is the essential ingredient for me in terms of my input to this business or this relationship what are the really essential things okay and if it's that you know as your partner you know my role is to support you and and pick you up and make you the best version of yourself that's my primary role so if it comes back to something that's that's beneath that that's almost insignificant then instead of diving into that space and, and pointing your energy there it's like well hang on let's just come back to the, the highest purpose and if you can sit in that space then often the things underneath become insignificant often most of the emails being sent don't need to be sent but mm. it's about starting from the top and 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 having people be really conscious all the time of their of their communications and the limited time we have like and what's our outputs like what's the result of X, Y, Z? You know, if we have a 60-minute meeting, does it have to go for 60 minutes? Like what are the critical elements here? And it's okay. We can like agree to disagree. That's all right because this is the important stuff here. And it feels easy for me to say that now because when everything that you thought was important is taken away, then you start to realise, okay, you know, it's about the, the critical elements of yeah. what I'm going to contribute here. Yeah, absolutely love that so thank you for i think just if everyone was a bit more conscious and aware of every email that they sent there's an amount of i mean, i don't like emails I, mm. I find them quite um distractive i guess in my day i set times each day when i can read my emails so i, I normally check my emails a few times a day and, and that's been a habit that is taking me a while to to get to but i appreciate there are a lot of people in businesses who you know they are constantly relying on emails coming through so i love that just be when you do send an email really think about what is the impact i want to have what's the message here i want to say and that that way it's going to save a lot of people a lot of time um so one question i love to always ask my guests is what does success look like to you? Yeah, that has definitely changed over the years. It's always been around things. And it's interesting because I heard one of your podcasts earlier this week and I thought, oh, that's a, that's a great question that I haven't asked anybody myself for a while. And I had a flashback to like 20 years ago of buying this property and sitting on the lounge room floor the first night that I'd taken ownership and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for something inside me to change. I'm waiting to feel better, to feel different. And then after about 10 or 20 minutes, I thought, okay, I just feel the same as I did 10 or 20 minutes ago. And then the next day I woke up and I still felt the same as I did yesterday. And I thought, wow, like, thank goodness I hadn't invested too much in hoping to feel better or different once I had acquired this property because I feel exactly the same and I think it's probably a result of you know, traveling the world and and meeting lots of successful people in the startup community the ones that I really came to love and admire the ones that sat next to me and looked me in the eye and went okay what is it you need to succeed right now in your business in your life and, you know, particularly, you know, when you're in amongst the Boulder and San Francisco community of meeting so many people, like, who do you need to meet when you're here? Like, we've got one day together, Georgie. Who do I need to connect you with? How do we make this work for you? How do we make this the best trip for you possible? And you're like, wow, this person is completely here for me right now. 
So alongside winning each day and joining those together, what I've come to realise now is important to me is what I want to be my legacy is that every person I could come into contact with that they understand that this is the most important thing I can be doing right now, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a training session, whatever it might be, like this is the most important thing in my life and I want us both to get the absolute best out of this that we that we can and I intuitively know that if I can line up enough of those conversations that I can live a, a life of, of success and happiness that I'd never even dreamed and certainly the people around me will, will come to understand that, you know, if we are doing anything together, be it professional or personal, that this needs to be real. It, it needs to have integrity and it needs to have outcomes but let's be present for each mm. other so that's that's success for me mm. now beautiful and in terms of your legacy like so what what would you want to if someone says Damien Zamet what would you like somebody to say that how, how would you like someone to describe you as the person that they knew would show up for them mm. amazing yeah. amazing Damien I have just found this conversation actually incredible and you've said so many beautiful things and I, I've just, just so many key takeaways and I just think that it's, it's a topic of conversation that really needs to be talked about and, and it's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about or, you know, it, it's, I think there's so many people that would be listening right now that will like, identify so much with what you've just said. So if people want to find out more about you, where do they go? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn is a LinkedIn profile for Damien Zammert. There's rebuildingburnout.com. You'll find information there. Um, hit me up. Give me a call. I'd love to have a, a conversation first and foremost about how I might be able to, to lend value. And even if it's just a conversation about where people are at, that would, um, that would be fantastic for me just to know that I can add some value. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for coming today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here and I look forward to working with you hopefully in the future. So have a wonderful day. Thank you. And George, I just want to acknowledge you for, you know, having the courage to step up and, and make this happen. It's very mm -hmm. easy to sit back on the sidelines in life and, and not have a go, but just mm -hmm. to have the courage to have the vision to, mm -hmm. to get the podcast up and running and to mm -hmm. see it through. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to mm -hmm. acknowledge my, my admiration yeah. and respect for the year that you're actually doing that. And I know it's going to be a success. So, so well done. Thank you so much. And what you just said there is exactly my why, because the conversation we've had today has been incredible and I've got so much from it. And I know that so many other people get so much from it. So yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mind to Do podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with at least one of your friends and please leave a comment please like this podcast it would mean the world to me let's connect i'm on linkedin i'm on instagram georgie hubbard on linkedin georgie l hubbard on instagram i hope you have a beautiful day i look forward to bringing you lots more content lots more value and i look forward to speaking to you again soon